Good morning. Many people think I'm well-preserved for my age, but believe it or not, I've been a pastor for over 40 years. I started when I was 12. <laughs> you know that your teammates are beginning to notice how old you are when they start making comments like, Gaylord, we're all just amazed at how much energy you still have. <laughs> or, you're one of the most computer savvy people we've ever known for your age. <laughs> or my favorite, you know, people your age are beginning to think about slowing down and taking it easy. Never. <laughs> but since I've been around long enough for my stomach to bulge and my hair to blow off, I've developed an appreciation for both the modern and the traditional. In fact, if you follow Sharon and me around for a few Sundays, you'll find us hanging out in both the contemporary and the traditional services because we love all styles of worship. Listen, you jump into my car and go with me on the road. Our playlist will include great hymns of the faith, Bethel music, hill songs, and how about house fires? Love it. <laughs> Perhaps due to my generation and upbringing, I'm also deeply rooted in the love language of showing respect to everyone, especially God. So my pastor does this thing routinely to me. He pushes me out of my comfort zone, sometimes way out. Several years ago, Pastor Steve really pushed me out of my traditional comfort zone when he encouraged all of us to begin relating to God as daddy. I struggled a bit with that idea until the Holy Spirit impressed upon me that this was just the kind of intimacy with God, our heavenly daddy, God desires to have with each of his children. Now, I don't know about you, but perhaps in the same way, some of you may be uncomfortable with the idea of a God who sings and dances over his children. It may challenge your concept of how God behaves and cause you to readjust your mental image as you make room in your minds for a creator who joyfully celebrates over his creation. Yet I believe as we embrace this truth, a God who loves us so much that he breaks forth in song and dancing over us today, it will open up a greater appreciation for just how much we are loved by the God of the universe. So as we wrap up our four-week series sampling the spoken word from several Old Testament prophets through a New Testament lens, let's pause to learn a little about Zephaniah. Kind of like the way that rolls off the tongue. Zephaniah. 
We know that he was the great, great grandson of Hezekiah, King Hezekiah. So unlike other prophets, Zephaniah was a descendant of royalty. He lived and prophesied in Jerusalem. And his many references to temple worship show that Zephaniah had firsthand knowledge of Israel's religious culture. All of this paints the picture of a man at the very center of Judah's political and religious world, whose proximity to those in power, probably even King Josiah himself, would have given his message of impending disaster and judgment that would eventually give way to God's unrelenting, overcoming hope, even greater impact in the ears and hearts of his listeners. Against this backdrop in history, we have an incredible verse of encouragement, which is our focus this morning. Zephaniah 3.17, Adonai, your God, is in your midst, a mighty savior. He will delight over you with joy. He will quiet you with his love. He will dance for joy over you with singing. The Tree of Life version that we've just read speaks with special awareness and sensitivity to the Jewish culture which birthed the Bible. Now before we unpack this verse, let me remind all of us in the worship center today that while the Old Testament was written primarily to a Jewish audience, it has clear, deep lessons and rich meaning for each follower of Jesus because we've been adopted today into God's forever family. Adonai or Lord in many translations, is the term used to represent God's personal name, Yahweh, or simply, I am. This personal name for God also appears as Jehovah in the Old Testament and is used whenever God's people experience, perhaps for the first time, his character and faithfulness in a new way. So when Moses stood with his arms raised as Israel marched in victory over the Amalekites in Exodus 17, 15, God was revealed to his people as Jehovah Nissi, or I am your banner. When the Lord provided Abraham with a sacrificial ram to replace Isaac, his son, in Genesis 22, 14, he was identified as Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. Gideon called the altar that he built where the angel appeared to him in Judges 6.24, Jehovah Shalom, or I am your peace. In the New Testament, Jesus declares 
before Abraham was, I am. Here's the truth that I hope we take with us today. Our heavenly father, our Abba Daddy, sent Jesus so that in the heat of life's battles, he could give everyone in this room living hope. The hope we have as Christ followers isn't the hope that our world has. We don't walk around saying, I hope tomorrow was better today because today was really rotten. Or I hope that I have enough paycheck at the end of the month to meet all of my bills. Or I'm praying that my health will hold for just a few more years. No. Jesus rose from the dead to guarantee hope for every one of us. And the Bible calls that living hope that we will never wear out, that we'll never escape because it's the one constant in our lives. You see, in the Old Testament, God's people learned about his loving character one trial and one triumph at a time. However, Jesus, through him, lives all the fullness of God's attributes, of God's character, of God's faithfulness, and he is here today stretching out everlasting arms and saying, giving us this invitation, I am. I am. I am. I am your peace, your protector, your provider, your righteousness. I am whatever my children have need of. Just ask. Just ask him. God is in your midst. God is right here with us today. He's unseen but present in this worship center. More importantly, he is for us. Listen, God isn't angry with you today, and he hasn't forgotten your address. He knows exactly where you live and what you're going through this very moment, this very hour, this very day. Isaiah paints a beautiful picture of the Lord's inability to forsake his people. Jerusalem says, the Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forsaken us. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for a child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written or engraved your name on my hands. Dear friends, in a way none of us understand, God looks down at his hands today and he sees your name there and he says, that's my child. I'll never for forsake them or, for or abandon them. I am with them forever. He's a mighty savior. That's good news today. Don't forget that the God who is with us 
is also a mighty savior. He has all the power you need to go free no matter what your battle is today. Isaiah 42, 13 reveals our Lord's awesome power in battle. The Lord will march forth like a mighty hero. He will come out like a warrior full of fury. He will shout his thundering battle cry and he will crush all of his enemies, including the enemies of sin and death. Please don't buy into the lie that all we can expect is heartache and struggle in life. Yes, we live in a flawed creation, and Christ's followers experience tough times along with everyone else. It happens. But Jesus himself encourages us with these words. Cheer up! Rejoice! Be filled with joy for I have overcome the world. Do you believe it today? I have overcome the world. This might surprise you today. Did you know that you bring joy to God's heart? You really do. He will delight over you with joy. God is passionate he is jealous in his love for each one of us today. He is for us, not against us. He delights in, rejoices over, and takes great pleasure in you, in his children. Hebrews 12, 2 tells us that Jesus was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy he knew would be his reward. Have you ever taken time to think about the meaning of that verse? There's no doubt that the honor Jesus receives through all eternity as he sits at the Father's right hand is part of his joy. However, I believe that we are his joy. And the reason Jesus endured the awful pain of the cross. Think about it. Imagine it for a moment. When God thinks about you, his heart explodes in glad celebration. And that's an image some of you don't even allow yourselves to have. But it's the image that your heavenly father has of you today. God also longs to calm, quiet and renew you with his love. Some of you may remember the 1989 Baseball World Series, memorable for two reasons. It was advertised as the Bay Area World Series, matching the National League San Francisco Giants against the American League Oakland Athletics. It's also remembered for a devastating 6.9 earthquake that rumbled through the Bay Area during the opening game. I can still remember watching the monitor and everything just went to snow when that huge quake hit on the screen. We were living across the Bay in the town of Fremont, California. 
My youngest daughter, who is now 36, shout out to Sharon, who's watching this on live stream, was a child. When the earth began to quake and shake, she was absolutely terrified. Weeks and weeks after the event, we would wake up in the middle of the night and find Sharon sleeping under the door frame to her room, a safer place to be if another tumbler hit. The only thing that seemed to comfort our daughter was when I took her in my arms and began to sing worship songs over her. Sandra D. Wilson in her book, Into Abba's Arms, shares this intimate picture of God's amazing love. Ask Jesus how he sees you, said the leader of a spiritual growth seminar I attended last year. Later, alone in my room, I pulled an empty chair close to me and imagined Jesus sitting there. After several moments, I said aloud, Jesus, please speak to my heart and tell me how you really see me. Listen, this is what I wrote as I began to hear with the ears of my heart. Dear child of mine, I have always loved you. From the moment you entered your mother's womb, you have been awash in my love. Even when you felt unlovable, I loved you. I love you still, my child. You can rest in my love. You can serve from my love. You can love others with my love. I will love you forever because you are mine. You are my precious possession purchased with the blood of my son. Yes, child, you belong to me. I am your Abba who knows you and chose you. Live in that peace and in the joy of my love. Many, many of us in this room needed to hear that message today. He will dance for joy over you with singing. Other translations read, he will rejoice over you with singing. Rejoice in its original meaning suggests dancing or leaping for joy, literally to spin around with intense motion. Think for a moment, just imagine our Abba or Daddy spinning around in wild excitement over you. The original word translated singing is closer in meaning to a shout of joy or loud cheering. So the picture this paints for us is God joyfully, enthusiastically dancing over his children as he cheers us on. 
Think about it. The God of creation, the God of the ages, dancing because of you. Heaven's delight expressed over you. Dear friends, do you feel loved and special? Well, you should. What would it sound like to hear God singing over us? Author John Piper writes, if a mere spoken word from God's mouth brought about all that we see around us, what would happen if he broke out in song? And what would God sing? Well, let me suggest some possibilities from the Bible, and I suppose I should sing them for you today, right? Exodus 34, verse 6. I am the Lord God. I am merciful and very patient with my people. I show great love and I can be trusted. I won't torture you anymore. Where's Richard when I need him? How about Jeremiah 31 verse three? I love you with an everlasting love. So I will continue to show you my kindness. Jeremiah 32, 40. I will never stop doing good to my people. Did you hear that? I will never stop doing good to my people. And finally, Romans chapter 8, 28. In all things, in everything, I work for the good of those who love me. Not everything is good that comes into our lives, but God makes it clear that he takes even the heartaches and when we surrender them into his everlasting hands, he literally recreates them into good for our lives. These are just a few of the songs that our Lord may be singing over us right now. Can you hear God's song? Can you hear it this morning? Can you begin to just catch a faint sense of God singing over you? If not, what keeps you from hearing the songs our Lord is singing right now. Perhaps you struggle with nagging guilt and shame or battle to forgive those who have deeply hurt you. In Zephaniah 3.19, we find this promise. I will rescue the lame and gather those who have been scattered. I will give them praise and honor in every land or place. Listen where they were put to shame. Maybe you're gripped by anxiety and fear. If so, let God quiet you with his love and calm all your anxieties. Isaiah 26.3 reassures us that you, Lord, give true peace to those who depend on you because they trust in you. Are you battling and struggling to find peace today? Put your trust 
completely in Jesus and watch what he will do with that anxiety and fear. Perhaps you believe that God is too great or too busy to care about you. Then remember that Psalm 139 declares that we are in his thoughts so often that they outnumber all the grains of sand on all the shores in the world. And God is thinking about you right now. You may have been deeply wounded by someone's rejection or by constant rejection. Jesus knows how you feel. Galatians 3.13 says that Jesus redeemed us by becoming a curse for us. On the cross, God turned away from his son so that he could turn to you, take you in eternal arms and say, I love you. Listen, I accept you. I want to sing over you. Finally, in Zephaniah 3.15, we read these words. The Lord has taken away your punishment. Dear friends, I urge you to grab hold of this traditional but wonderful phrase today. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid everything for you. There's nothing left to be paid. He paid the price for your sin and mine. Today, this moment, you can walk in God's glorious freedom simply by applying to your life the truth found in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess, just admit our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. Lay it down. Tune your ears and begin to hear the song, the songs that God is singing over you every moment of your life. That's what Holy Communion is all about. It's a time to remember all that Jesus did for us. The term holy reminds us that this is a unique, one-of-a-kind meal. The Lord's Supper, only for those who have a personal relationship with Jesus. The word communion reminds us about our deep, intimate, personal relationship with God where he sings over us, made possible by the body and blood of Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online, and we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, 
and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.